welcome everyone to Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition, where we are talking about some of the stuff that Isaiah was talking about, and we don't really know what he was referring to too much. <laughs> Things like nudity, hammocks, oh, yeah. stuff nudity. like that. Yes. So Jace, do you want to tell us about three years of nudity? A hundred years of solitude and nudity. Three years of nudity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so this was a, a tricky one to look up and get anything actually interesting. Um, specifically, though, there was someone on Quora who asked, why did the Lord have Isaiah walk around naked for three years? And yeah. the at least the most upvoted answers, if that's how Quora works, I actually don't know how this site works. A lot of them are like so ardently trying to defend this idea that he wasn't actually naked. Like the people on this site who are just so upset by the idea that Isaiah might have actually been naked and they feel the need to write many, many, many paragraphs explaining why he was not actually naked and instead was either in tattered clothes or maybe just Mm -hmm. his underwear Mm -hmm. or something what but, underwear? Like, <laughs> it says naked. He was naked. Yeah, they man. just cannot. They Jeez, they are people. like really bending over backwards, and they're so upset by the concept. And 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 now this also apparently is backed up in some of the like rabbinical writings that kind of clarify he wasn't naked, and making the argument that based on the Torah's standards for modesty, he couldn't have been all the way naked or. He would have been rejected and made a false prophet. But I'm like, I don't know, guys. It seems pretty clear that he was naked. <laughs> I, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting that instead of answering the actual question, they all just really focused on how much he was not actually naked. <laughs> wow. No. That's really surprising to me. Yeah. I, I did not at all think that that was going to be the thing we were going to cling on to is like really making sure that people don't get too freaked out by nakedness. Too but excited guess, about the nakedness. I guess yeah. that's where we're at. Huh. Yeah. And, and there does seem also in this form, I haven't taken a deep dive because there's a lot going on here, but there also seems to be a bit of a conflict between Jewish respondents and non-Jewish respondents about this, partly revolving around this whole nudity thing. Uh, So it's what about it? Just whether or not he was naked, I guess. Okay. So there's kind of a like, well, okay, a lot of people are answering this who aren't Jews. So like, let me step in here and try to set the record straight. So there's definitely some kind of conflict here. Like I said, it's a very long thread hmm. with lots of very long responses and i have been drinking and i'm not like doing a deep dive into this drama yeah. but anyway definitely interesting that that this that's is, wild yeah that wow. there's it's clearly a hot topic maybe for Seriously. someone else's more serious podcast well <laughs> to continue on the non-serious parts we're going to talk about hammocks for a bit here And I'm going to question whether or not hammocks really existed back in this time period. Really? Because from everything that I've read, hammocks only evolved into what what we think of them as a thousand years ago uh, by the Mayan civilization. And that they really were designed (laughs) and created and came about in Central and South America. So in, in like 1000 AD around that. Era? Yeah. So yeah, that's a long time it says after where traced we are back, now. 
nearly 1,000 years ago to the Mayan civilization. I wonder huh. if this was a weird translation, if there was something... Maybe? Just different. Yeah, I'm not totally sure if either of you can find more. But, but yeah, basically the history of hammocks is that it comes from a Taino culture, Arwakan word meaning fishnet. Oh, and it I originated in Central yeah. America. Yeah, and it can be traced back nearly a thousand years ago to the Mayan civilization. And they were served... They they were not designed for leisure first, but instead served as protection. The suspended beds safely kept hammockers away from dangerous creatures and insects yeah. in warmer climates. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. True. It's and true. I guess Christopher Columbus found them when he uh, discovered the Americas and brought them back to Europe. So that's kind of fun. And they were all the rage. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. And that was... The one good thing that he did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but... Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know, I having, mean, I, having slept in a hammock, I don't know if it really was that good of a thing. No, there's a hammock technique, though. I know. You oh, yeah? and I talked about this. I We've, swear by it. And, I like, there is literally it. a... Te- like, to actually sleeping in a hammock and having it be comfortable. Like, you have to angle your body. You know, when we normally get into a hammock, we get into it straight, like, sure. parallel, like we do in a bed. And that's okay for, like, a little bit of a chill. But all night it's like not good back support right you're kind of curled up and it's like not good if you just like angle your body what happens is like the fabric gets more taut and it actually gets more flat across your back and feels more like a flat surface like being on a bed and you can even lay on your side that way but it literally is just that tiny little hack and while you know if you're used to sleeping in a bed it's not going to be an identical experience but it's a much more in my opinion sleepable experience than being in a hammock straight so thank you for coming to my ted talk about (laughs) hammock hacks that are going to help us in the future please like and subscribe well they were they were used for three centuries aboard ships spanning from world war one world war two the civil war and the vietnam war so they were a big deal and also british prisons in the 19th century saved space and cut costs by replacing cots with hammocks wow Boy. Yeah, and wow. in the U.S., hammocks were used as both a cheap, practical solution for farmers and a leisure item for wealthy families. <clears throat> well, yes, well, there you go. Quite, quite. Using the Dedeker hack. <laughs> wow. Apparently. So that's all about hammocks. Jace, did you look anything else up? I, I did. So I looked up Shebna getting replaced okay. by El- Elkia, and I learned that we have potentially met Shebna before. In addition oh. to Elkia. Really? Uh, we just oh. didn't remember it. So, well, okay. I, yeah. Let me do not. my sort of like, you know, like, like imagine we're sort of doing a flashback, right? Where okay. like the, you know, the screen gets all like wavy and blurry as we do this, yes. this flashback to Second Kings chapter, oh gosh, 18, chapter 18. Okay. And this was when, gosh, let's see. They were being attacked by the Assyrians, I believe. And this was the thing where the like group of Assyrians came up to the wall and a group of the Jews came out and they talked and that's when they were like, Hey, actually, could you like not speak in Hebrew oh. and speak in your in Aramaic or, you know, like whatever language theirs was? So okay. here I'll read you this section. So when they had called to the king, the other guys from Assyria, 
there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe. So that's potentially this same person. Uh, It's not like 100% confirmed, but some theologians believe this is the same person. And Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And that's the whole thing they said to them, like, what? You think Egypt is going to come help you? Like, we're here. We're going to mess you up. Even if Egypt comes, they're not going to come, though. And then and then it was Elkia who spoke up and said, like, hey, don't don't speak in Hebrew here. You know, speak in, in your language. We can understand it. That's fine. Yeah, speak in the Syrian language, for we understand it. And don't speak with us in the Jews' language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. Right. Which, like, maybe was okay. a trick, because he did want him to speak in Hebrew. I don't know. We debated that back then. Anyway, so apparently this might be him. And then I also learned that, yeah, I guess the deal was that Shebna was in this role that was higher than Elkia's, and that he was kind of very entrenched and potentially was the leader of the party who favored the alliance with Egypt to help them against Assyria. Uh, okay. And that, you know, Yahweh wasn't into that. So anyway, that's kind of what I got there is that we have met him before and that apparently there was some drama from back then about him maybe, you know, not, not doing the stuff that Yahweh wanted him to do, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that's what wow. I have. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Okay. So important Bunk information. Bible study would tell us. <laughs> Here's what we need to apply to Yale Divinity School. Oh, okay. gosh. Okay. Okay. A personal statement. <laughs> Check. Easy. Um, Done. No. Yes. Easy. No. Maybe for you. <laughs> we'll, okay. we'll coach you through it, Em. Don't worry about of it. This, okay. Apprising the admissions committee of reasons for considering theological education, of formative influences in making this decision, <laughs> of vocational <laughs> objectives, and of ways in which the Divinity, school, Divinity School's resources can prepare applicants to meet their stated objectives. Okay. That's step one. Personal statement. Okay. Listen, we are... I, I, I doubt any of us are going to like become pastor people emily just that's not what they're saying they're not saying that this is for you to become a pastor you state your own objectives yeah what are your objectives my objective is (laughs) to make i don't even know like to freaking finally understand this book (laughs) to be funny on a podcast (laughs) number two number two we need an academic writing sample i can Uh, i can provide that no worries yes we know (laughs) we need three letters of recommendation now, okay. this is funny patrons, because this is funny. Daniel, you write they... one, John Michael writes the other, and then we'll get another person. <laughs> okay, so this is so first of all, it's funny and ironic that there's a typo in this section oh. on oh, the page. Okay. Um, second of which, okay, two of those should address academic potential specifically. So we need at least two people Yikes. willing to talk okay. about that. Okay, could we, what if, instead of trying to get some like big deal person to write a letter of recommendation for us, what if instead we just overwhelm them with, if all of our listeners just wrote one letter of recommendation and it's just like a pile of letters on their desk cool. recommending cool. us, how could okay. they say no to that, right? Okay, well, there's I more though. We need more. Could. We need more. We need okay. transcripts, of course. Well, I haven't um, been to school in a while. Jace really hasn't been to school in a while. Well, neither have I. We got transcripts, though. 
Yeah. Like yeah, to show that we have been to a school. Yeah. So <laughs> I did we need... very well in my conservatory yes, education. I also did very well. Like no problems there. I guess all of us kind of had the same sort of education, which was like BFA <laughs> unrelated. All over the place. Wait, <laughs> yeah, Jace, did you unrelated. get a BM? Did you get a BM? A, a, a B muse is what they call it. But yes. Okay. I did Mine was just a BA, those. not a BFA. Oh, I got a BFA. Well, wow. we have three we well, different. Have different. Wow. We do. We three do. Different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm envisioning this as a group application also, by the way, that like it's not oh, individual. Yeah. It's either one or none. As drunk yeah. Bible study. Yeah. No, that's so I'm going to be the weak link and you <laughs> yeah. two are going to no, no, pull no. me up. No, no, no. no, no. It's okay. No, it's no. okay. So, okay. We also need to submit a resume. We need to submit... We need to make sure that we're native in English. Yeah, whatever. Um, and then it's just like application fees and done. Done. Okay. But did you find out the tuition for Yale Divinity School? How much do we have to raise in our Kickstarter? Fees. Okay. Does anyone have any guesses? I'm going to guess like 30,000 30, 30, per semester. The, the per semester hold on hold on Pers- just hold on let me let me tell you per year what they have the numbers they have listed are for the nine month academic year so like two semesters okay answer what are your guesses? Sur- survey said i i said 30k per semester Thirty thousand. i said thirty thousand per year emily's correct she's wow. on the okay. money exactly thirty thousand okay. per year okay all right. So with three people, that's almost $100,000 for one year <laughs> of Yale Seminary, okay. uh, not including room and board, not including not anything including, else. But, wow. you know, Just we're adults, so we figure that out. Um, but is cool. is but here's the thing. Is Yale Seminary, like, really shooting for the moon? Maybe we need to do some more research on seminaries to see. Because maybe in the world of seminaries, Yale's, like, fine, but it's not amazing. I am learning. Okay, they are teaching me about their exchange programs, Ooh. and there is one in Singapore, actually. Cool. Okay, you know, a cool place to be, Trinity Theological College. Hmm. Yeah, so that's fun. Let's it's do probably it. not any cheaper, really. But I uh, would think it would be a little bit cheaper. Maybe a little bit cheaper. I mean, Singapore, I feel like, has better support for education than the United States does. So. That would help. I, I don't know. I okay. don't know. I don't know. Okay. Clearly, there's more research to be done on all of well, this. Well, I'm glad we found out all that. Wow. Well, that was a lot of information about seminary school, and I don't know what's going to happen with that. I'm a little nervous and scared about it, <laughs> because generally, when you two put your mind to something, it happens. So <laughs> we will see what occurs there. But uh, yeah, thank you all for joining us for Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition today, and we will see you next week. Can't wait.